It's a shame that this figure looks like Andre dropped his man tits on a flat grill and let them burn. It's a shame Mattel has a $10 basic that looks better than this $55 premium action figure in the same exact gear. It's a shame that this $55 premium action figure looks like it was bought off of Wish. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? Jeff Green rise to the top oh yeah and you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro the fully posable have your own Wrestlemania with all your favorite figures wrestling figure they told separately from LJN podcast and we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling Hey, welcome to episode 385 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother. Not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, it is Hall of Fame week. Yes, the best time of the year. Yes, it is that time of the year where we will be inducting six new figures into the Hall of Fame. Uh, we're doing it a little bit later. May seemed to be my week, my month of sickness, I should say. And uh, yeah, so we're doing it a bit, little bit later this year. It's usually around the middle to end of May, but uh, we're going to do it at the beginning of June this year. But we're still getting six figures inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. We do what we want. Yeah, I know. That, dude, May messed me up, dude. Super Bloom messed me up. <laughs> Super Bloom, yeah. Because all the heavy range just like, it made it go crazy out here. So yeah, everybody's allergies and everything are just going bonkers right now. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing good, man. It's starting to warm up a little bit out here. We had kind of a cold spell. Um, But outside of that, you know, sun shining. Everything's good, man. Uh, G.I. Joe. Wow. (laughs) They had their crowdfund for the Dragonfly fund in record time. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, 10,000 people they wanted for this thing. And the classified fans said... Done. And it's at this rate, they're going to unlock all of the unlocks. Every tier is going to be reached. It's insane how batshit crazy the classified fans went over this thing. And to be perfectly honest, I'm out on it. That's just, it's way too massive. Plus, I'm going to be scaling back big time on classified, if not jumping out entirely. But I mean, the thing is cool. If I was still heavily into the classifieds, I'd be considering it. The crazy part to me is Hasbro, now, I don't know if they were watching Mattel and how the the Nitro stage didn't get funded, but they dropped the price, well, not dropped because there was no comparable thing, outside of the Hiss. The Hiss tank that they crowdfunded last year was $2.99. The Dragonfly, $25 cheaper. We talked about this on the TB Toycast but Hasbro, they kind of did it right. Lower price point. It was two seventy nine, and it needed ten thousand or eleven thousand backers or whatever it was. And it's easier to put down two seventy nine than it is five hundred. Yes, a hundred percent, dude. Absolutely. And of course, you're not you're not comparing two of the same thing, right? Right. This isn't apples to apples. That's two entirely different things. The sheer volume of the stage, in my opinion, made it worth the money that you were going to invest in it. The other thing that was discussed is that it's two different fan bases. It's GI Joe versus wrestling. 
Yes. G.I. Joe has a huge fan base. Wrestling does too. But not every wrestling fan is a toy collector. There's a good chance that most of all G.I. Joe fans are toy collectors. Right. So there's that point as well. So Hasbro did it right. Lower price point, obtainable lockables or tiers. Maybe Mattel goes back to the drawing board on the next one and kind of starts from ground up and try again, if they even want to try again. I think that they will. I, I think they will as well. I just think kind of right now we're in the doghouse and it's going to be a little bit. <laughs> Our hands are being slapped. Like, shame a, on you guys. Is that a Bam Bam Bigelow over your right shoulder, by the way? It is. Okay. Just saw it. I was just kind of guess, figuring out who. Nice spot. Thank you. Thank you. Is that a Don Mattingly jersey over your right shoulder? It is. Signed. Nice. Is that a suction cup dip? And if you want to get any of our shirts, head on over to Wrestling <laughs> Pro Wrestling Tees. Son of a <laughs> Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That was You wonder why I dislike you and call security on you all the time. I, I, dude, I'm surprised you didn't do that at the party the other day. <laughs> I walked in and you're, you're like, security, get him security. out. Security. Get him out of here right now. You can yeah, follow us. On, Peyton likes you. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram, Fully Posable, WFP. Uh, you can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review and subscribe on iTunes and give us a review. And just smash that subscribe button. And smash the, it. And the follow up button or whatever. You know, support us. That's all. That's all we ask. That's all. And if you'd like to send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all, send it on over to FullyPosableWFP at gmail.com. All right, Scott. Are you ready for the waterworks? (sighs) Are you prepared? No. We lost another legend this past week. And it seems like this is starting to happen way too frequently the past few months. We lost Bush Whacker Butch. We lost Superstar Billy Graham. And the latest being the Iron Sheik. Are you doing okay over there? No, dude. No, this one... This one hit almost like Dusty Rhodes. Like, I don't think anything will ever top when Heenan and Macho Man passed. Like, that... The way I took those was almost like losing a family member, dude. Like, those really hit me hard. This one did as well. You and David texted, or there was that group text with you and David and I, and Eddie, my co-host on uh, Drunk Wrestling History. You guys all texted around the same time. I was super busy at work, didn't get a chance to check messages right away. And when I did, oh, and Christopher Dean texted as well. And when I did check it, it literally ruined my entire day. And to be perfectly honest, it's ruined my entire week. Like, it's, ugh, it's chic, dude. It's it's the Iron Sheik, and we have wrestling figure stories that revolve around that guy. You know, we have stories about when we saw him at, at the WrestleCon or Wrestle Reunion, and he tried to buy that guy's tag team set, and his handler was t- trying to talk him off the ledge, like, "No, Sheik, you don't have money." Like it was, <laughs> it, it was hilarious. Like it seems like everybody, even those that aren't in the wrestling business, have an Iron Sheik story. If you met him at a convention, you probably got a story about the Iron Sheik. Growing up watching him on TV, you hated his guts. And when he retired and got his hands on Twitter, 
he became like legendary, right? Iron Sheik became hilarious. And The Rock gave a really moving speech, a moving tribute to the Iron Sheik. I, I can't even come close to trying to top that. All I can say is the dude is an absolute legend. He'll be remembered forever. And we are all going to miss the Iron Sheik. The two wrestling figure stories that we have is, as Scott just mentioned, the one we were at the convention at Wrestle Reunion. And uh, this gentleman walked up with a LJN boxed Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. Yeah, the tag team set. And Sheiky Baby was like, I want to buy this off you. And like, he's trying to get it from this guy. And the guy's like, no, no, no. And he keeps throwing more money at him. Like, like I'll give you like 250. And the guy's like, no, it's not for sale. Okay, 300. No, 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 it's not for sale. He's like 350, 375. And finally his handler's like, whoa, Sheik, slow down. His handler actually pulled the guy aside. And he's like, don't, don't sell it. Don't, yeah. whatever you don't take any <laughs> offer. Just have him sign it and go. Like, yeah, get, move on your way. <laughs> yeah, move on your way. That was what his handler was basically saying. It was hell funny. Uh, the other story is an infamous story with our parents. Well, actually, I should say our mom. Back in the mid 80s, we were, the, when I say we, the US. Us? Yeah. Yeah. Who's undefeated in world wars, by the way. <laughs> the reigning champions. <laughs> the reigning champions. <laughs> <laughs> to <great>. acknowledge us <laughs> uh but we were at war with iran or we were kind of whatever it was and we weren't friendly with them we'll just uh, say that yeah so anyways our mom decided that she did not want to get us the iron sheik because he had iran down the side of his tights now note that had ljn chosen to put him in his trunks it would have been fine mom would have bought us the iron sheik yeah However, LJN chose to go blue pants with Iran down the side, and mom was like, nope, yep, not nope, happening. Not happening. You guys either get A, birthday money, or B, Christmas money to buy that figure. Sure enough, we had to save up our money to make sure we got the Iron Sheik for that LJN collection. So Iron Sheik was always in our matches because he was teaming with Nikolai Volkov because said it a gazillion times, we were so vanilla, we had to follow what was on TV. So Nikolai and Iron Sheik were a tag team. That's what was happening in our wrestling matches. And Iron Sheik and Nikolai were always booked, whether it was against the, the British Bulldogs or they were taking on a, a heel match, the Dream Team, or whatever it may be. They were always in our matches. Oh, absolutely. And the Iron Sheik took a beating because I was always recoloring his, his, uh, his tights. Always. But the crazy part, and I would use uh, like hefty markers. To color everything back in, I was always coloring on Jimmy Snuka, uh, Iron Sheik, King Kong Bundy, uh, Bobby Heenan too, <laughs> because he was taking a beating. <laughs> Basically, any figures that were constantly taking a pounding to the mat, there was paint loss. As you all know that collected LJNs, the more you played with them, the more paint kind of flaked off. So uh, our mom had these hefty markers in her desk drawer. And I'd always be mixing and matching colors on the Iron Sheik on his, because that was a weird shade of blue. There wasn't a hefty marker that was that color, but she had this weird shade, almost like a lavender Sharpie that mixed well with, I forget what color it was, uh, out of the hefty markers, but it came really close to matching the Iron Sheik. And I was able to recolor it because I didn't like paint loss on the figures. So yeah, Iron, Iron Sheik always took a beating in those matches. By the way, those hefty markers had a strong smell to them. <laughs> Yes, they did. Want to get high? 
Yeah, as I'm coloring the figures, I wake up three hours later like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> wow, that was a, sh- a time warp. <laughs> <laughs> was that time travel? Uh, yes, we lost a legend in the Iron Sheik. So many stories, him being on Howard Stern, his feud with Hogan before him losing the title, and now even nowadays, you know, him calling him a whatever. Iron Sheik has so many stories, like being on... Jerry Springer, you just told that story a while back, Scott, where Iron Sheik was on Jerry Springer. I did? Yeah. You were telling the story about a girl. She was like telling her boyfriend that she was not. Oh, <laughs> she was not. Yes, in the, so the Iron Sheik came out. Yeah. Yeah, the Iron Sheik <laughs> came out. It was hella funny. That was great. I'll forever remember his promos with Mean Gene. Oh, yes. The old school ones from the mid 80s where they were in the studio and he'd just be cutting it up with Mean Gene. I mean, just go look him up on YouTube. There's the one where he has the turkey in the cage. And oh my gosh, just he he cuts Mean Gene up even. Mm-hmm. Like even Mean Gene starts laughing. Like the dude was just hilarious. But I think the one chic story I'll always remember is him being offered money to not drop the title to Hogan. And in fact, break Hogan's leg in a match instead of dropping the WWF Heavyweight Championship. And you've got to wonder... Had Sheik decided to do that, how wrestling would have changed. That's almost like a what if, right? Like what if Sheik had broken Hogan's leg? How does that change the course of Hulkamania running wild? WrestleMania 1 being as big as it was because the main event had Hulk Hogan in it. If he breaks Hogan's leg, who knows? So you've got to give a ton of respect to the Iron Sheik back in 1984, not taking the money and doing business because... He was very faithful to Vince Sr. and Vince. So R.I.P. Iron Sheik. Oh, by the way, and go watch his Hall of Fame induction speech. Watch it with subtitles. Oh, Jeff, I was there, by the way. Did you watch it with subtitles? In person? Yeah. Yes, Jeff, I did. I I specifically yelled out to someone, hey, can I get subtitles to this live event? They're like, oh, you're Scott? Absolutely. Here, (laughs) sir. Here are your subtitles. You're from the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast that will be happening 11 years in the future? <laughs> All right, here's subtitles. <laughs> Anything for you, sir. So I, I know, Jeff, it's, it's kind of a, a game that we play when somebody passes on. We try not to make it that way, but unfortunately, that's kind of the way it goes. Favorite Iron Sheik figure. Man, do I go with the stories behind the LJN? I do. Do you go with the Elite Legends? underrated one is the retro figure agree 100 percent agree retro figure is absolutely beautiful i think that's one of the best retros that they ever did in that first 10 waves or 10 series that they did completely agree with you um uh, the show is based around nostalgia any toy podcast is based around nostalgia and this one's no different i'm going with the ljn iron cheek same same but outside of the nostalgic feeling about that figure It's excellent. I mean, considering when it was sculpted, we're talking the Mm mid-80s, that's a really good Sheik likeness. It's really, really good. Really good. I think they captured his body type really well. I love the pose. The tights. Love the tights. The design on it, I mean, again, for mid-80s, fantastic. They got the boots right. Everything about that figure is just right. So that's my pick, 100%. But you're right. Underrated goes to the retro. I also want to throw it over to Steve Hoker. Because when Steve Hoker did the Italian Kane Funko custom 
And for those that don't know, Italian Kane is like back in our early, early days of the show. Long story long, basically, I went to Target one night. Somebody did a figure swap. They put a mustache on Kane and uh, put it on an, uh, was it? No, it was a Ric Flair body, I think. Basic body, I think it was. And we called it Italian Kane. Well, fast forward a little bit. Steve Hoker actually did a custom. But when he put the Italian Kane in the Funko box, it was in an Iron Sheik box. <laughs> so I always remember the Funko because of the Iron Sheik box. And I still actually have it in the front room. Uh, yep. Up on the man. No, actually up in a uh, desk area. So anyways. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> I know. Italian Kane, dude. Haven't brought that figure up in a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a blast from the past. That's a vintage. So RIP Iron Sheik, man, you will be missed. Thank you for years of entertainment, like we always say on the show. So thank you for all the figures. Well, we should be thanking the toy makers, but thank you for all the figures that uh, you gave us with the playability of LJN and just the beauty of Mattel Elite Legends to the underrated of the Iron Sheik retro. So RIP Iron Sheik. He made it fun to be a wrestling fan. He did. He did. Scott, did you pick up anything? Uh, Let's see. Did I do any? pre-orders no no pre-orders dude nothing no oh all right unless i I ordered something and forgot but i don't think i've done any pre-orders since last week i did the uh the elite 104 pre-order i think i talked about that last week but i think that was the last thing i ordered oh okay to the best of my my memory (laughs) that was the last (laughs) thing i ordered and i don't know if i mentioned i also ordered the um rhythm and blues greg valentine and mr perfect legends oh you did yeah, when those went up for pre-order, I, th- I think that was like two or three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I got those on pre-order. Something tells me, hold on, I'm going to put on my Johnny Carson hat. You're going to be walking through Target. <laughs> yes. You're going to be walking down the figure aisle. Yes. You're going to see said Mr. Perfect and Rhythm and Blues Greg Valentine, and you are going to cancel your pre-order in Target, pick up those figures there, and proceed to walk up to the counter to purchase them at your Tracy target. You know what? You're probably right because I looked at my target pre-orders right now and I have brother love on pre-order and Uh I've got the Mr. Perfect and Greg Valentine rhythm and blues on pre-order, but scrolling a little bit further down the list, you see all the ones I've canceled. So you might actually be right. Johnny Carson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The great Karnak. I was about, I was about to say, what was the name of that character? I'm almost 100% positive it was Karnak. Karnak? Karnak. Ah. I did get the Seth Rollins Ultimate. I got that in from Amazon, speaking of. Nice. Uh, Beautiful figure. Yeah, you told me. You're like, dude, you need to get on this figure. What makes that figure is the jacket. So if you take him out of the package, that figure's a 10. It's the jacket that makes that figure. I don't think it's going to make my top 11 this year. Okay, quick question. Could you take that jacket and put it on an Oscar figure? Would it work? Yes. Kind of. No. I mean, I know it would fit, but does does it look like something Oscar would wear? The color scheme probably wouldn't match Oscar. Okay. So no, so no, it wouldn't work. I mean, no, it won't work. I'm going to just leave it at that. Okay, but this does definitely open the door, and I, I forget who brought it up. It was a few weeks back, I think, we had in our questions. But, like, does this Seth kind of open the door for an Asuka? Because remember, a few years ago at WrestleMania, that Asuka with the robe was supposed to be an exclusive. It was supposed to be a WrestleMania exclusive. WrestleMania exclusive to the store. Which, can you imagine the insanity around that figure? 
I mean, how, what are the numbers that they would have produced? Well, there was supposed to be insanity about it, but, but then it got canceled. It got canceled, right. So you got to think at some point, look, Steve's our dude. If anybody's going to be able to get that figure made, it's going to be him. And I'm sure it's still on his radar to get done. I think it's more on Bill's radar. Bill loves Oscar, so I think he's. An, I think that's still on his radar to get done. Excellent, and especially given she's the women's champion right now, it makes a lot of sense to to push the fast forward button on getting that Oscar with the robe done. Yeah. Well, that's all I got this past week. So, oh, just Seth. That's it, just Seth. Yep, that figure is definitely on my radar. BBTS still has them, so ugh, probably going to be getting them. By the way, have you gotten those Ken and Ryu Street Fighter figures or have you seen them? Ken the and J- Ryu Street Fighter figures? Jada Toys? No, uh-uh. No, I, I don't think I would get in on those, dude. You wouldn't? No, I don't think so. Are those the ones that Travis Fowler was talking about? The $25 ones? I don't know that they're $25 anymore, are they? I thought they were. They're, they're, people have been finding them at Target. I have not been able to find them at Target. Oh, I was thinking of the old ones. Are you thinking like of somebody sto- was telling a story about finding them at like GameStop way back in the day or something? Or oh, video game stores? no, no, not, that, not, those. not those. No, there's new ones. out. It's Ken and Ryu. They're in a okay. They're in a video game packaging. Dude, the okay. figures, the figures are awesome. And um, see, I don't because if I get those, then I'm going to be like, well, I could really use Sub-Zero and Scorpion from Mortal Kombat and well, then see how the slippery slope starts. But there is no twenty five dollars Scorpion and scorpion and what's the other guy's name sub-zero but you know what that doesn't mean i wouldn't want to go back and look at the old mortal Kombat figures that are kind of in the same scale as the street fighter figures and start spending money i really don't need to spend that would be better spent on my wrestling figure collection it seems like you've really gotten back into wrestling figures like there was kind of like a lull there but now you're like i'm all back into wrestling figures like there's like that drive again well you know what did it was the detox oh okay wanting to fill up the detox so that's another reason that I'm looking at getting out of G.I. Joe Classified is because the budget, I think, 98% wrestling. You know, there'll be the occasional figure that comes out, like, for example, the NECA Fed- uh, Freddie Mercury figure. There's going to be those, those one-offs where I'm like, I've got to have that. Or, for example, like the NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the movie. Got to have those. But those are, those are one-offs. I'm not diving in buying every Turtles figure, not diving in buying every music figure. But with wrestling figures... And I, you know what? Honestly, I guess it's a good thing I don't watch AEW because I don't want to buy those <laughs> figures. I mean, nothing against them, but just I, I don't have the desire to sink a, another budget into AEW. I can invest wholly into WWE. Well, I'm glad that drive is back because it, you know, you, it seems like the elite legends got you back with the head shrinkers and the Samoan SWAT team. So it's good to have you back because like before you can kind of tell you were you were kind of being hesitant on purchasing some of them. Yeah. But now it's like that drive is back. So it's good to see that. Well, and the Coliseum collection. Coliseum collection, yes. Yeah, the drive to that that golden era, the 80s, on Mattel's end, that's what's really pulled me back in, dude. They are like, it seems like every figure they release of that era, I'm like, I've got to have it. Mm-hmm. I 100% have to have it. And if they start bringing out like early 90s WCW names, man, they're going to... <laughs> they're they're wholly gonna have the hook in my mouth like okay just release something scott will buy it yeah it's, it's fine like a man or big josh 
I would definitely buy Big Josh, or, and I'd give it to my tag team partner, <laughs> who you got to meet. Who I got to meet, but he didn't do the uh, the one up thing. He's very shy. I could tell. Yeah, he's very shy. He's a cool kid. All right, Scott. As I said, this show's going to be news and Hall of Fame. We've got some uh, introductions to do to our 2023 Hall of Fame, and we've got news. So, uh, what do you say we just jump into that news? Let's do it. All right. Jazzwares ran a video last week, and it looks like they're coming out with ROH figures. They did, nice. They did a quick splice in a video showing old school Ring of Honor guys like Claudio Castagnoli, like the Briscoes, like Daniel Bryan. It was just a quick little video teasing that they are going to be coming out with ROH figures. The Briscoes, you say? The Briscoes, I say. Okay, so we know that AEW slash Jazzwares loves to do tributes to wrestlers who have passed. Owen Hart, Brody Lee, and you've got to think they're going to do the same for Jay Briscoe. So I am here for it. Again... Haven't purchased an AEW figure yet, but that Jay and Mark Briscoe are getting purchased. 100% guarantee those are getting purchased. And I'm wondering if they're going to do Chris Hero? Uh, Hold on. The Jeremy Padauer papers are flying in. Oh, Padauer has papers now too? Padauer has papers. Padauer's papers. Padauer's papers are hitting. Hold on, they're <laughs> flying in. And they say... How much do you think this Pokemon card is worth? That's random. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Are we sure those aren't Logan Paul papers? If you could go back into... No, these are random Jeremy Padauer tweets. Hold on. <laughs> oh, if he's available to us. There it is. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Got okay. it. Yes. Well, let's see. Chris Hero is on the independent scene. Not he currently is. signed to anybody. Correct. Is, in my opinion, maybe others, an ROH legend. Correct. Would love to have a Kings of Wrestling set with Claudio. I'm, I'm just saying, dude. That would be another purchase on my end. Uh, hey guys, this is WBK again. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Really? Do you think that they will do Kevin Steen and El Generico? <laughs> do, you, do you think they'll they'll have the rights to do them? I'm sorry, your name again is BK Broiler? Or? No, it's, no, it's WBK. WBK. WBK, I apologize. Sorry. Here, let me write that down so I don't forget. WBK. Got Walter, it. Walter Brimley, kindly. <laughs> I've got to ask, how come you guys don't have the same initials or, you know, it's WBK and KBW? Well, I don't know if you know this, but my brother changed his name to the last name of Warrior like the Ultimate Warrior did. <laughs> so he's now the keyboard warrior where, you know, Jim Helwig changed his to just Warrior. He wanted to do the same thing. So now he changed his to keyboard warrior. But we're still brothers. I see. So he was keyboard kindly before. I think it might have been keyboard. I'm actually curious what his real name is now. He's never told me. He's just always not. He's always gone by KBW. Or if I had to call him like from the other room, I'd be like, KBW, what's up, dude? Come here. Okay. So he's KBW instead of KBK. Yeah, exactly. Okay. As long as we don't have an HBK show up, because that could be gimmick infringement. All right. I'm going to head to Burger King. Enjoy. Do you eat anything else? No. My parents told me I can. So you don't support. <laughs> so you don't. Support Taco Bell, McDonald's? No, no, they're the they're the devils. <laughs> you know your brother does. Well, yeah, he does. He broke away, and he, that's why he ventured out to California. <laughs> but I, I know he does, but I'm not allowed to. I just eat Burger King, like my parents told me to. He rode a stallion the whole way to California, huh? Yeah, Stu the Stallion rode all <laughs> the way from Missouri to California. It's quite a stallion. Hey, Scott, look what I can do. 
<laughs> oh, you're a big boy. <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> well, thank you, WBK. Uh, WBK, wasn't that from Mad TV? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of stole it from Stuart. <laughs> just like this voice. Just like this voice. <laughs> I started talking this way after I watched that one time, and that's kind of stuck. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's kind of like when you cross your eyes, you get stuck like that. Yeah. If you use that voice too long, it just you retain that voice. This family is something else, dude. Like, no, I want to meet the parents, but I don't want to meet the parents. Yeah, and Vintage Jeff keeping his back door open. They just keep walking in. They just keep walking in, dude. Like, WBK stopped off here each and every day trying to see if KBW's come back, but he hasn't. Nobody's heard from him. Still? No, nothing, dude. Interesting. No emails, no faxes, no texts, no letters. I, there's no word from him, so he's still MIA, so it's been great. Hmm. Yeah. He could be on Stu the Stallion heading to Wembley, I'm telling you. It could be. He's supposed to be heading over there in September. Uh, October. August. One of those Do months. we know if Tony Khan has hugged him? <laughs> because that usually means he's signed. All right. Also in the news, Figures Toy Company. Sorry, Scott, I didn't put this in the notes. But today they just showed off brad armstrong who is now available brad armstrong comes in the american jacket it is now it is now available at figures toy company very cool very cool a a highly underrated wrestler from the 80s 90s and i'll be perfectly honest tim horner and brad armstrong the lightning express were one of my favorite 80s tag teams i loved them but they were almost like the young stallions They were used primarily to put guys over, but Horner and Armstrong could make those guys look like a million bucks. They could wrestle Tully and Arn and have an outstanding match, and you knew who was going to win, but Armstrong and Horner always came out looking like stars. I'm sorry, Scott. Did you say stallion? (laughs) I did, yes. The young stallions, not the horses, the actual Yeah, not Stu the stallion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right. Now I'm going to go to BK. I want my Spider-Verse Whopper. Get food poisoning. I know, right? <laughs> At least he's nicer than KBW. He, he is. He's much friendlier, more more kind. Yes, kindly. As, as the last name would imply, yes. Kindly, yes. Um, you know what's funny is you could tell in the NWA towards 89, <laughs> 90, they seemed like they wanted to do something with Brad Armstrong, but he didn't yeah. have it. And you could tell that they kind of reeled him back in a lot and just threw him with Tim Horner. But you could tell they wanted to push him towards a TV title run. If, something, I, yeah. Yeah, it, it seemed like they wanted to push him towards something because he was really good in the ring. But it, it, he was lacking in something. And was it charisma? What was it that he was lacking? We're not promoters, so, you know, we don't know. But at yeah. least, and I don't know if he ever did win the TV title. I, 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 I don't have his wiki. I don't think that he did. I don't have his wiki in front of me. I can't tell. But it seemed like they wanted to at least push him there and see how far he could go, but he didn't have it, so they just kind of kept him lower card or tagging or something like that. Or they threw a mask on him and put him with the Freebirds, called him Bad Street. Exactly. Yeah, and he was great in that role. He, he could do anything. But, yeah, again, highly underrated name from the 80s. Yeah, you could say he was a jobber. But he, I don't know. In my opinion, he always came out of his matches looking like a star. And anytime Brad Armstrong was in the ring, you wanted to watch his match. At least I did, especially when we, when he was with Tim Horner. Big fan of them. 
And that's great that Figures Toy Company got Brad Armstrong under their umbrella. So that's amazing. Well, Way fi- long overdue for a figure. And the figure is available to purchase right now at Figures Toy Company. All right, let's head on over to Powertown and the All-Star Series 1, which is Remco-style figures. Rock and Roll Express. Yes. Dude, yeah, how many sets are you buying? Great question, man. Well, here's the thing. What if they are removable from the packaging without destroying the packaging? I'm still probably going to get two sets. Two sets? Okay. I'm hoping they put them in the baby blue and black. Agreed, yes. Or the red and black. I would. I prefer the baby blue, man. Because oh, we had the Jax Classics come out with the black drum, or the black tights. Right. So if I had to pick the second color, again, not as big of an R&R fan as you are, but still a fan of them, I would go baby blue. Also in this series, Nick Bockwinkle, Bobo Brazil, Tito Santana, which I was talking to Breaker about this one. What outfit do you think they put Tito in? Because there is no Rick Martel, so you can't do Strike Force. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, the maroon trunks You're and black go- boots. Uh, maroon and black? Okay. Yeah. And also, legendary I Quit match, Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA. Oh, and also, nice. also, I believe this is his first figure, the missing link. That would be his first figure. Yeah, that's incredible. What a lineup, dude. And so you're getting your, your tag team set. You're getting your two-pack, and then you're getting singles figures. So they've got the mix of, and this is a true nostalgia love letter to the old Remcos. You're getting your single-carded figures like the Matt Mania, the last series of the Remcos. And you're getting your two-packs, which was basically Remco's bread and butter when they first started out. So I love everything about this. And dude, Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA in Remco form. That's absolutely incredible. But the big one, obviously, for you, Jeff... Rock and Roll Express. Is that something you're going to try to get signed? Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm wondering what the packaging is going to look like because if it's the old school it is. Remco look packaging, it, it is. Perfect. That screams, sign me. Yeah. The other thing is, and I was talking to Breaker again about this, is the belts. I want to see what belts they can do because they've already done the US title. You know, yes. Do they have the rights to the AWA tag titles? I don't see why not, because Greg Gagne is involved in this. Uh, Wait, who would you put the AWA tag titles with? I don't know. I just want the AWA tag titles. Oh, well, I 100% agree. Nah, you can't put them with anybody. Rock and Roll Express, even though they were in the AWA for a little bit after they left the NWA in 88, 89, I believe. Yes. They had a stop off in AWA. Never won the AWA tag titles. Yeah, it would have been a lot cooler if they did because maybe you could put the belts with these guys. But yeah, I'm thinking uh, probably not the blue NWA tag titles, but maybe the version before that. You could. With the blue tag titles, uh, those are NWA exclusive. Dude, how kick-ass would that be if they did both the blue tag titles and the version before that, that the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express traded back and forth? Oh, I hate those belts. Don't give me those belts. Really? You hate them? Oh, dude, they were terrible. Okay, so you want to see the blue tag titles in here then? I would love to, but those I, those designs, I believe, belong to the NWA, and we don't know if Powertown has the rights to those belts. Got it. Well, in my opinion, this is a very, very strong come-out-swinging wave for this. Solid introduction. My only hope 
is that A, they get to a Series 2, which all indicators are people are very pleased so far with the Power Town figures. Number two, or as the great Devon would say, number B, <laughs> I want to see the Midnight Express in Series 2. Hopefully, hopefully. Yep, and I'm talking Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton, and also Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton. Get all three, huh? Uh, you could do a three-pack, right? But my hope is that the three-pack, they do two of them. Cornette, Eaton, Condry, Cornette, Eaton, Lane. Two three-packs in Series 2. So that is Powertown Remco-style figures. And guess who was back on the message boards? He came back last Thursday, right after we recorded. Are we forgiven? I mean, not us specifically, but like the wrestling figure community. Oh, because he only answered a couple questions. <laughs> He's like, that's all you guys get. We're being rationed now. <laughs> the beatings will commence. <laughs> He's like, you better make them good because you only get two. So the first question came in from Chu D's. Why? Chu D's. I think I know what's next. Or, or that could just be Chu Deezy, Jeff. <gasps> oh, that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. Chew D's. Chew D's why? <laughs> Chew D's what? He said, best of Ultimate Edition release of Stone Cold Steve... Stone Cold... Wait, SSC. Yeah, it's a misspell. Yeah. And Ultimate Warrior comes with his pinless joints. He says they all, they'll have pinless arms. Okay. Dr. Fraser Crane. So Kelsey Grammer wrote in. <laughs> Dr. Fraser Crane. <laughs> wow okay you're on That's a wrestling actually... figure message board with the name dr fraser crane kelsey grammar is trying to go incognito <laughs> nobody will know who i am <laughs> hey steve i hope all is well i was thinking about the legends line it is my favorite line currently i was wondering since the legends line does not have as many waves yearly as the elites and if it would be worth considering including a Build-A-Figure in one of the Legends waves per year. I think it would be interesting. Steve said, I don't think you would see this unless we rolled it out across the whole Legends line. We then have to sacrifice accessories to account for the Build-A-Figure parts, which I'd rather not do here. Hmm. Okay, but let's, let's talk this out. Say, for example, your next Legends wave was, and I, I'm just going to throw this out there, and I know we've had these names recently. Rick Rude, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant. Or mix and match any four members of the Heenan family. And the Build-A-Figure pieces build a Bobby the Brain Heenan. Or you can do any of the guys that Jimmy Hart managed, or any of the guys that Mr. Fuji had managed. For example demolition and the powers of pain in a wave of four legends and the build a figure is mr fuji okay so you can't do barbarian because he's not under a contract no, I, i'm so throwing them out hypothetically if they have the rights to do them i'm just saying like you have a family by god this man has a family by god they have a family i, I mean i'm not opposed to that obviously like would you sacrifice accessories though so like say i see what steve is saying here and it totally makes sense you get Axe, Smash, Warlord, Barbarian, standalone elite figures, no accessories, which means no mask, no vest on Demolition, 
no vests or anything on Powers of Pain. You get a standalone elite figure, but you get the Build-A-Figure parts for Mr. Fuji. Would you be willing to make that sacrifice? Using your Mr. Fuji as an example, it would be hard to, if they had demolition, to not put masks with demolition or vests with demolition. It would be very difficult to not do that. I agree. It would look like a naked figure, right? Like you're you're just getting a basic, essentially. Exactly. Okay. Same with Warlord. You just strip him of the vest. You're just getting a basic figure. It would be difficult to do, and I don't know if it makes sense. Okay. Okay. I'm just thinking they might be able to do some accessories. For example, when they've done extra heads in the package, right? Like the Lex Luger legend, for example. You got Lex, you got an extra head, and you got a shirt. So, and plus you still get the hands. But... Maybe you could sacrifice, like, one accessory for a -a Build-A-Figure part. So, like, Demolition, you'd get, like, a mask. And then you'd get a -a Build-A-Figure part for Fuji. Or you'd get a Demolition vest, which I think would be better than a mask. Because the mask without the vest, eh, not really digging that. But maybe just Demolition vest and a Mr. Fuji part. I'm just thinking out loud to, like, how much would you sacrifice to do something like that to get a -a Build-A-Figure? I love the idea. The idea is solid. Because there's definitely some very interesting waves you could do. But I completely see Steve's point that he wants to go accessory heavy with these legends. And it just doesn't make sense financially to do both. So, I don't know. I personally, if they were going to do something like that, would be willing to sacrifice accessories. Okay. Especially like like with Mr. Fuji, since we haven't had a Mr. Fuji. I would love that. Alright, that rounds out the news. Scott, it is time. It is time for the 2023 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Are you ready? I can't wait, dude. It's my favorite time of year. You know, next to Christmas and Thanksgiving and Halloween and Valentine's Day and the Steel Panther concert. San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con. But you know, Birth- the Fig Life Hall of Fame, dude, it's like yeah, right wait. up there. Well, birthdays too. Gotta put birthdays up there. All right, so we're talking like top 17. Yeah, top 17 at least. By the way, speaking of Steel Panther, did you see that they were on America's Got Talent? Yes, I did. That was pretty funny. Did they get, were they there to like qualify for the show or were they just, Oh, I don't follow America's got talent. I just, <laughs> same. I just thought it was hella funny that they were on there. I was like, this crowd has no idea what they're in for. Yeah. They should have sang friends with benefits. Is that the song where he says, uh, I'll kind of keep it clean. My heart belongs to you, but my junk is community property. No, that song is literally called community property. That's hilarious. Anyway. Yeah. No friends with benefits is highly inappropriate and would have been great if they played that at America's got talent. <laughs> let's see how Heidi responds to this one this is friends with benefits Jason Wolf knows what I'm talking about alright 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 we gotta get into this hall of fame we gotta get into it we gotta induct some figures and now fully poseable wrestling figure podcast hall of fame Scott, starting off the 2023 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame, we're going to start off with the listener wing. Last year's winner was Mr. Perfect in the blue singlet Hasbro. That was last year's winner. But this year's winner was actually nominated by this gentleman who's going to give the induction. Let's turn it over to one half of the co-host from the Tales of the Estate podcast. Let's turn it over to Drew Venzel. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Scott. And hello to all of the fans of the longest running weekly episodic wrestling figure podcast going today, Fully Posable. 
My name is Drew Vensel, and it is my esteemed honor and privilege to introduce this year's inductee into the listener wing of the 2023 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Now, in a field of stellar nominees, one figure reigns supreme, and that figure is the WWE Mattel Legends Series 5 Rick the Model Martel. This figure released in 2011, unfortunately, was the only Mattel Elite or Mattel figure at Rick Martel that we ever got. This figure features Martel in his classic model gimmick and look, including his I am a model button, his signature arrogance spray, and in fact, this look was the inspiration for my Halloween costume on my wedding day in 2020. So it is my honor and it is my privilege to induct Rick the Model Martel into his rightful place in at least one Hall of Fame that he deserved to be in. Come on, WWE. Thanks, Jeff and Scott. By the way, Drew, you looked way better in that outfit than Rick the Model Martel did. <laughs> uh, thank you, Drew, for sending that over, man. When we started this Hall of Fame, I never thought this figure, or at least not for the first few that we've done, would actually make it into the Hall of Fame. But I'm glad it did. And I'm glad it went in under the listener wing. It doesn't matter which wing he went in. And that figure is well-deserved to be in any Hall of Fame. I mean, from the button to the glasses to the can of arrogance, it was just a stellar-looking figure. If Rick Martel was to do any cons, that would be one of two figures that I'd be getting him to sign. Welcome Rick Martell to the listener wing of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame 2023. And in my opinion, Mattel actually kind of righted a wrong that Hasbro did with the model Martell figure that they did in the early 90s. They didn't include any accessories with that figure. Correct. This one went full tilt and they're like, oh no, no, we're going to give you every accessory that you should have. I mean, Hasbro could have done the button, the jacket, something. The can of arrogance was custom made to be a Hasbro accessory. And they just, they chose for whatever reason not to include it with that figure. But Mattel did it up here. That absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And as Drew stated, I'd love to see WWE follow suit and put him in their Hall of Fame. This year's figure for the listener wing of the Hall of Fame is Rick the Model Martel Drew. Thank you for sending that over. Every year we have to throw a wing out, not a chicken wing. because Nobody throws chicken wings out. No, we devour those. We respect the chicken wing. But we want to dedicate a wing of the Hall of Fame to the female figures. Female figures have been around for a long, long time and they deserve their own wing. Not a chicken wing, because those are delicious. Not to say that women don't deserve wings. They love wings, just they like do. we love wings. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, enough about chicken wings, because now I'm getting hungry. But <laughs> we do want to turn it over to the great Aaron Roberts of the Lumberjillville YouTube show. Aaron, take it away. Hey, y'all. This is Mayor Aa Rune, one half of the Maximum Mayor Models from the Lumberjillville YouTube channel. Women's wrestling lives here. Here in Lumberjillville, I review every single women's figure released and have fun doing it. Inspired by my daughter, my goal is to raise the respect level of women's wrestling figures in the collecting community and show y'all how these don't deserve to be overlooked and they are awesome in their very own right. First off, I'd like to thank Jeff and Scott for having me on the podcast today to induct the 2023 Fig Life Hall of Fame women's figure. Women's figures are my passion and this is truly an honor. So without further ado, for the 2023 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame, it is with great honor to induct Trish Stratus's LJN-inspired figure from Classic Superstars Series 23 by Jax, released in 2009. 
Not going to lie, when I first found out this figure was going to be inducted, I was stunned. I thought, really? The cartoony rubbery one? But then I thought about it, and realized the significance of it. See, this was the first LJN style female wrestler. Not a valet like the lovely Miss Elizabeth, but an actual wrestler. A true competitor that you could have go toe to toe with your LJN men. In fact, after researching this figure, I learned to love it for its uniqueness and how it stands out. There's truly no other figure quite like it. Now let me send it on back to your host for the evening, Jeff and Scott. Sending nothing but love and positivity to you guys and the Fig Life community from Lumberjillville. Thank you very, very much, Aaron. Thank you for the music, by the way. That was that was stellar. That was great. <laughs> Hopefully we don't get flagged or anything by Podbean or anything. But anyway. No, I love you dressed up the induction. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Aaron. Scott, you chose this figure for the Women's Hall of Fame. What made you decide on this one? Yeah, to kind of back up Aaron's point, it's almost like, again, righting a wrong that Jax righted a wrong that LJN did, in my opinion anyway, by not doing, say, a figure of Moolah or Sherry. They could have because Sherry was both a valet and a wrestler during her time in WWF. And they could have done either of those. They could have done a Glamour Girls. They could have done a Jumping Bomb Angels. Again, I understand the 80s mentality with women figures are going to be underproduced because they're not going to be purchased as much as the male figures. Incorrect. That was a bad assumption on their part and wrong. And they should have done figures of women wrestlers. They did miss Elizabeth, but that, as Aaron pointed out very correctly, that was a valet, not a wrestler. They should have done women wrestlers back when they had the chance. Jack's Classic came along, and they did a woman's wrestler in LJN style. Huge respect for that. Aaron, what a perfect induction. I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm happy this figure is getting its place in the Fig Life Hall of Fame. Funny story. She was doing a private signing. You set the figure up and she would sign it and she would mail it back to you, you know, all that stuff. So I did that with the, this exact figure. She signed it, sent it back. She did not return my pink paint pen. Oh, dude. It's okay. I have the figure signed. Looks great. She put a heart on it. A nice little heart in my pink paint pen that is now currently missing. But anyways. <laughs> I would like to point out that when I sent my jersey away for Don Mattingly to sign, he sent back the silver Sharpie. Oh, you had to rub that in, did you? <laughs> I'm just saying Don Mattingly has better manners than Trish Stratus. That's all. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Trish, if you're listening, but he does. Aaron, thank you so much, man. That meant a lot that you sent that in. And as I say, every year you'll probably be inducting the females into the female wing of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Thank you, Aaron. Nobody better to do it. Absolutely. He pays the greatest homage to the women's figures and yeah, he's the perfect inductor. And this was the perfect induction for this figure. I'm glad he brought up the significance of they made an LJN inspired figure that was not a valet, but a wrestler almost writing a wrong from LJN. Perfectly said, Aaron. Well done. Last year's female that went into the Hall of Fame was Luna Vachon from the Luna Vachon 2-pack from Jax. You remember that one, Scott? It's a badass figure. It is a badass figure. All right. Thank you again, Aaron Scott. Next up, we have an underrated wing. And this year I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do a figure that was not from America. I wanted to do something from overseas because I think we've, 
I don't want to say we've ignored, but we haven't looked that way. And I want to ignored. Okay. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. (laughs) Okay. Maybe we ignored it. (laughs) We totally ignored it. But I actually wanted to do something where we looked overseas to, cause they had so many good figures in the Shara pro line. Hint, hint. I wanted to do something different for this year's hall of fame and to induct this figure is the great norm not norm from cheers norm oh not that norm (laughs) no our good buddy norm let's get into it what's up scott and jeff this is your buddy norm thank you so much for allowing me the honor and opportunity to induct this wrestler's figure to your 2023 fully posable hall of fame this wrestler is one of my all-time personal favorites He was the link to my childhood and my love for professional wrestling. He was an innovator with his personas, ring psychology, wrestling style, gear, and culture. His presence is still being felt today from training the current IWG World Heavyweight Champion Sonata to inspiring the current WWE Women's Champion Asuka to become a professional wrestler and just being an idol to so many wrestlers today. This wrestler was recently inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame, so the timing is perfect to induct the Great Muda 2000 Character Product Deluxe Series 3 figure into the fully posable Hall of Fame. The figure was inspired by the entrance gear from Great Muda's exploding barbed wire match from his match against the Great Nita on August 8, 1999. And it still amazes me that there isn't a modern day figure of the great Muda. Considering this figure was made 23 years ago, even without it being fully articulated, it still holds up as one of the best wrestling figures today with all the fine details. The figure comes with a removable cybernetic predator helmet to reveal a beautifully painted face in silver and black. He is wearing a shoulder pad with serpent on one side and bones on the other. He is covered with a silver netting over his body. The detail goes all the way down to the tape on his finger on both hands. It is just simply a work of art. So please go out of your way to watch this match. You can see, admire, and appreciate how they brought this version of the Great Muda to figure form. Without further ado, Fig Life Fam, please welcome the Great Muda 2000 Character Product Deluxe Series 3 into the Fully Posable Hall of Fame. Thank you very much, Norm. I have nothing else to add. I mean, Norm went into full detail about how good that figure is, the match that it goes back to. Uh, thank you so much, Norm. That's that's greatly appreciated. Yeah, I think that was a better induction that he actually got into the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> well done, Norm. That was amazing. And I think to your point, yeah, why aren't there any modern-day Muda figures? My hope is that because of his Hall of Fame induction, Mattel has the rights to do a Muda, and we find out they're doing a Muda at San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, man, if they do, that's a, a lot of people are going to lose their minds. I know. We've been hoping, like, Super 7, Storm. How many years in a row have we predicted, oh, one of those companies is going to do a Muda figure, and they have yet to do a Muda. Somebody's got to lock him up to a deal. I'm hoping WWE has done this so that Mattel can produce Muda figures. There's no other way to do a Muda 
Because as good as Norm said this figure was, right, you've got to live up to those standards. There's no other way to do a Muda than to introduce him to the Mattel family of WWE figures than to do him as an Ultimate Edition. If you're going to do Shinsuke Nakamura's first figure as a defining moment, give Muda the honor, make his first figure an Ultimate. It has to be. Absolutely. Norm, thank you so much, man. Thank you for going into all the details regarding that figure. Again, I really wanted to do this this year and really shine a light on the SharePro figures. And that is a beautiful figure to do for the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Thank you, Norm. The next induction is our tag team. We always have a tag team wing in the Hall of Fame, inducted by the great Bret Hart. Hey there, uh, you know, it's uh, Brett the Hitman Hart here, and, uh, you know, I heard uh, you you wanted to induct me into the Fig Life Hall of Fame for wrestling figures for the Fully Posable podcast for my LJN with Jim Neidhart. You know, it'd be nice if they made a figure, my brother Owen, uh, but, uh, you know, I like Jim. And, uh, you know, it wasn't for Jim, uh, you know, I uh, I might have been Cowboy Bret Hart and... Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but if you're from where I'm from, where from I'm from, uh, you better be a real cowboy. And, uh, you know, I know uh, these these are great figures, you know, the LJN rubber. And, you know, I know Goldberg never had an LJN figure. And, you know, and then Shawn Michaels never had one. Uh, but, you know, the hitman, he did. And, uh, you know, really got to thank all my fans out there. From coast to coast and across Canada. And uh, just thank you for letting me be your hero. And for letting me join your fully posable wrestling figure Hall of Fame. And I don't know about that Goldberg. I don't think he should be in any Hall of Fame. But uh, thank you. Oh my god! <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, was that my son Brett? <laughs> oh god. Uh, I, I think it was well deserved that his figure <laughs> got inducted to the uh, fully posable figure I thought. Uh, that was a good call there. Uh, who, who who brought that one up? Who did that? Who did that? Uh, I, I believe I was the one that nominated the uh, the Heart Foundation LJN set, Stu. Well done. It wasn't your POS brother? Uh, no, it wasn't. In fact, you know, one of my uh, knocks on the LJN line as a whole uh-huh. is that they never made a Bret Hart stretch him a figure. Uh, no, no, you know, no. they made these other guys, but they never made a Bret that you could really stretch out. Stretch Armstrong was my favorite toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was, Stu. But when WWF came out with the, uh, the, st- the stretch hems. Uh, they had you with that one, huh? You had uh, the whole set, I bet. I was the inspiration behind that, uh, I see. I I see. To, Did you stretch the Hogan so much that I, the I, white powder fell out of him? Yeah, his white powder fell out. Yeah. Uh, and I stretched out the Junkyard Dog. Oh, excellent. And I stretched out the Ricky Steamboats. Yeah, uh, I did too. Uh, and the Macho Mans. There was plural. I had multiple Macho Mans. Uh, oh, I see. You probably broke the first one. I did break the first one. Because uh, we all know, Stu, you loved to stretch him out. 
That was really nice of my son to uh, induct his own LJN figure. Yeah, how about that? The Fully Posable Podcast, getting Bret Hart on the show. Oh, that's fantastic. I I didn't know if my son was... I put in a call to him. Oh, thank you, Stu. That was very nice of you. I told him I was in a stretch mat if he didn't do it. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. The fear of being stretched would be enough to to get anybody to do it. Oh, big time, big time. Yeah, because we know you can really stretch them out, Stu. All right, I'm going to go back to watching Out of This World. (laughs) Not not Dynasty? Did you finish Dynasty, Stu? Yeah, I finished Dynasty without uh, the the other guy, KBW. Uh, gotcha. So you finished Dynasty and went on to Out of This World. Out of This World, yes. Uh, Excellent. Good choice. Yeah, Good she, choice. She freezes time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Maybe you could do uh, Alf next. I was yeah. thinking I was thinking Silver Spoons, but I like what you're doing with Alf. Uh, yeah, and there's always Webster. Let's not forget about Webster. Don't sleep on that one. Anyways, on behalf of my son, I want to thank... Brett for sending in the audio. What did you think about his Goldberg comments? I don't like Goldberg. Uh, no, okay. Yeah, okay. I, no, I always stretch out his wrestling buddy that came out from WCW. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. always, always stretch that out. Stretch him. Yep. Stretch gotcha. him. Stretch him. Stretch him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna head to the hockey rink because I like hockey and watching guys stretch out. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Right. By the way, by the way, I want to thank. A gentleman on Twitter by the name of Joe. Joe sent a tweet about me uh, last week. Scott mentioned something about poo-pooing. And Joe was like, I hope Stu comes on. And I did. It was perfect time, comedic timing. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Joe, for the tweet. <laughs> it meant a lot. Thank you, Joe. Thank for you, For encouraging Joe. this. Thank you. Uh, uh, all right. I'm going to go watch Out of This World. <laughs> Have fun, Stu. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to thank Bret Hart for sending in his induction to the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame for the Hart Foundation two-pack LJNs. Yeah, and look, this thing, for the job LJN did on those sculpts, I mean, yes, we've ridiculed the Andre the Giant LJN dumpster fire face from Series 1, but they did way more good than they did bad. And this is a perfect example of what they did good, right? That Jim Neidhart for a late 80s, mid to late 80s sculpt, outstanding. The Brett, even though they didn't know how to spell his first name on some of the packages, T's, <laughs> LJN, really, outstanding sculpt on Brett. The poses on both are perfect because you can do their tag team finishing move. Yep. Anvil holds them up. Bret Hart is in the perfect clothesline pose to do the heart attack. I loved when they did stuff like that, where you could actually kind of imagine their finishing move based on their pose. The Hart Foundation is perfect in that respect. What I love about it is not the single carded figures. I love seeing these two figures in the tag team box. I love that look. Those figures are perfect inside that package. And I 100% love that we have some LJNs, more LJNs, in our Fig Life Hall of Fame, but I love even more that it's the Heart Foundation because that's two of my favorites right there. Awesome. As mentioned before earlier in the show, these figures were always on the card, always facing the Bulldogs, facing oh yeah, uh, whoever it may be. They were always facing someone that was on the card, whether it was just a mixed tag too. It could have been just like, I don't know, Ken Patera and Billy Jack or something like that. I don't know, but they were always booked on the card. 
Yeah, lots of wins under their belts. And Jeff, I'll never forget getting these from the wrestling ring because these were not available in our area. This is around the time when they stopped shipping newer figures to us here on the West Coast, mm-hmm. at least to our stores. So we had to resort to paying double the price that you would at Toys R Us, sometimes triple. Really, really put the waterworks on and get the begging going with the parents so that they would call this place and order them on their credit card, which... I mean, to this day, I don't know how they did it, dude, but we got that gigantic box of figures from the wrestling ring that weighed 87 pounds, and we pulled out that Heart Foundation box. Oh, dude, I will never forget that. We did not get the single card. We got the tag team box. We could not wait to rip that open and throw these figures in our ring and just start having amazing matches. These are ones I also had to color up because they kept getting paint shipped off of them just because we played with them so much. And is it a little bit of nostalgia here? Yeah, maybe. But go take a look at that tag team set and tell me it's not amazing for the time frame that it came out. These guys absolutely deserve a spot in this Hall of Fame. And wow, what an induction by Brett. I can't believe it. Yeah, some said it was Steve Fontas that did it. I don't what? believe. No, it's not Steve. It was Bret Hart that no. sent in. Yeah, allegedly. Steve doesn't hate Goldberg. No, Steve doesn't hate Goldberg. No, and, Brett hates Goldberg. That was clearly and, Brett. And his Bret Hart impression is like, just okay. That was a really, really good Bret Hart right there. That sounded just like Bret, yeah. Because it was Bret. How nice of him to come onto the show and induct the LJN figures. I should have inducted him. Oh, I didn't even think about that. We could have had Stu do it. Yeah, yeah. I could have have done the induction, but... Would you uh, have stretched out the induction, though? Like, made it way too long, like Hillbilly speech? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like... I'd probably forget my lines like Larry Zabisco did and stuff like that. It happens. It does happen. Yeah, and then you start rambling and really stretching it out. And you really should have left the stage like 25 minutes ago. Yeah, kind of like this show. I should have left two episodes ago, but I'm still here. Yeah, hey. Hey, we like to stretch out gimmicks too, so. (laughs) By the way, have you seen KBW? No, thankfully. I haven't. All right. All right, well, I'm going to go see Walter Brimley here shortly. I'm going to make him eggs. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go great with his Whopper he had earlier. He puts the eggs on the Whopper. Oh, actually, I don't hate that idea at all. Eggs on a burger is really good. Yeah, he gets the red bun with the, the Spider-Verse. So. Got right. it. Yeah, I wonder how all that interacts in his system, but that's conversation for another time. Thank you, thank you, everybody, for allowing the Heart Foundation into the Fully Opposable Fig Life Hall of Fame. That's my induction for them. You're very welcome, Stu. Uh, all right, bye, everybody. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Jeffy's still breathing into the microphone. I, push him. I know. Push I know. Him. Sorry, sorry. He's all right. He's out of here. I mean, don't push him too hard. Just nudge him a little bit. Thank you, Brett Fontas, for sending in that induction. Scott, you mentioned him earlier, and you mentioned something about Andre the Giant and Terrible. Well, some figure might be going in to our Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame that is also an Andre the Giant figure that is also terrible. So for that, I'm going to turn it over to the man from the Stolen Gimmicks podcast, Jordan Cassatt. What's up, everybody? My name is Jordan the Giant Cassatt one half of the Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Today I was asked to induct a figure into the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Hall of Fame. A while ago, Super 7 excited the Fig Life community by showing off a new Andre the Giant action figure. 
He's in his yellow gear from WrestleMania 2. This figure looks pretty decent, other than the fact that it is a $55 premium action figure that only comes with an extra head, some hands, and a can of beer. Something the production line must have been sipping a bit too much. The likeness of the original photos was not perfect by any means, but Andre the Giant wasn't the most beautiful man in the world either. It was all about his size that still got in the ladies. Legend says one time Andre stacked five women on top of each other and f***ed all five of them at the same time. Let's just say the final product of this figure is not getting any action like that. When this figure arrived to the people who excitedly pre-ordered a year prior, they all found out what it's like to talk to a beautiful woman online. And when it's time, they go meet a 75-year-old obese man. Call MTV because y'all just got catfished. It's a shame that such a legend gets immortalized into plastic and it looks worse than what I imagine the tumor looked that caused Andre's gigantism. It's a shame that this figure looks like Andre dropped his man tits on a flat grill and let them burn. It's a shame Mattel has a $10 basic that looks better than this $55 premium action figure in the same exact gear. It's a shame that this $55 premium action figure looks like it was bought off of Wish. It's a shame that Super 7 saw this final product and allowed it to ship after charging $55 plus shipping. And it is a shame that I have the pleasure to induct into the 2023 fully postable Hall of Shame the Yellow Trunks Super 7 Andre the Giant. Thank you guys. Honestly, dude, I'm thinking about stealing every bit of what Jordan just said and writing it into my roast for uh, Drunk Wrestling History later this year. You know what? From now on, every induction for the Hall of Shame should be a roast. And that was perfect. They deserve to get roasted, and Jordan nailed it, dude. Yeah. I have nothing to add. Like, that was absolutely perfect. I like how he said Mattel had a $10 basic that looked better than a $55 premium. Yeah, quote unquote premium. And he also said tits, too. That, that <laughs> he, did. <laughs> he did. That was so harsh, dude, and I loved every second of it. Yeah, and by the way, allegedly the uh, the production line was drinking the beer. Anyways. And allegedly about the five women thing, Alleged- it could have been 18 of them. We don't know. We weren't there. Yeah. It's urban legend that we're that we're hearing. But anyway, correct. Yes, Jordan. Thank you so much, man. That could not have been any better. Thank you so much for doing the roast, dude. That's exactly what that figure deserved. Exactly, and like he said, it was a fifty-five dollar premium from Super Seven. And man, when you saw that face, you were like, "Oh crap! I just got catfished." You know, like when you just... order your Super Seven figure from Wish. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, make sure you save that for the drunk wrestling history roast. <laughs> yeah, I may have to lift some of that. That was excellent. That was awesome. But this figure actually just came out, what was it, December, January? Yeah. And it's already in our Hall of Fame. Not since EO Sky or EO Shirai at the time has somebody made it into the Hall of Fame that quick. This uh, Andre- Did Nia Jax? That's a close one. I think. I think they're pretty close to yeah. to how quickly they made it in. Yeah, but but those were good figures. <laughs> yeah, we we were more than happy to induct those figures. This yeah. figure, this figure is well deserved in the Hall of Shame. Yeah, actually, Super Seven made our jobs easier. We're like, who goes into the Hall of Shame this year? <laughs> yeah, no brainer. In fact, that was the first figure we told you guys live on the show that this was going to be the first figure inducted into the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Shame wing. We told you guys this back in 
February or January, I believe it was. Yeah, so to those with good memories, you knew exactly who was going in. Jordan, appreciate the roast of the Super 7 Andre the Giant. That was fantastic, man. Thank you so much. Scott, next figure is the headliner. It's the main event. I thought, who do I reach out to to induct this figure? Well, how about the person that said, hey, this figure needs to be the headliner for our Hall of Fame, which was you, Scott. That was me. It was you. I'm going to have you induct this figure. Oh, by the way, let me go back a little bit. I apologize. Underrated. I botched this one. So you can throw this back on me, Scott. This is my fault. You must be so embarrassed. Very embarrassed. Very. The underrated wing from 2022 was Christopher Daniels' Toy Biz figure. Okay. That's a good one. The tag team was the AWA Remco Road Warriors. And the Hall of Shame last year was Maximum Sweat. Just the whole line. <laughs> no specific figure, just the idea. Of Maximum Sweat. Yes. But now I'm going to turn it over to you, Scott. Why did you induct this figure into the Hall of Fame? Because if anybody out there says, man, that figure doesn't deserve to main event their, their Fig Life Hall of Fame, I will fight you. <laughs> uh, because you're wrong. And I always say that, you know, it's... It's subjective, right? There is no right or wrong. It's just your taste. No, no, no. If you say this figure doesn't deserve to be a headliner in this year's class, in this year's Fig Life Hall of Fame 2023, you're absolutely wrong. And do you know why, Jeff? Why? Because it is my distinct honor to induct this figure as the headliner into the 2023 Fig Life Hall of Fame. It is the ringside exclusive Mattel, Macho King, Randy Savage. So what made you decide on this figure? This figure is perfect. If you pulled a Dave Portnoy and you were to rate this figure from 0 to 10, it's got to land for, I would say, 99% of the people out there as a 9.9. I dare you to find something wrong with it. And Jeff, just for reference sake... I pulled this figure down off the wall just so I could hold it next to me and hold it in my hands and admire it while I induct it. So looking at it, just right off the bat, it's in that great old school Legends packaging. Not what you get now at the stores, but back in the early 2010s when this figure came out, it's basically just a card back with a bubble on the front. And Jeff, I never really noticed this before. But the accent colors on this are purple. Packaging touch. Instant boost in the score. Then you look at the figure itself. Let's talk accessories. It's got the crown with the purple jewel. It's got the scepter with the purple top. It's got his gold long vest. Because you got to have the sleeves cut off when you're built like the Macho Man. He's got his sunglasses, his signature sunglasses. He's got his purple trunks. He's got his white boots. This figure, all he needs, Jeff, it's so perfect. All he needs is the throne. And Sister Sherry, or I'm sorry, this isn't Harlem Heat. Sensational Sherry <laughs> standing right next to him. This figure is perfect. Again, a 9.9. And that's only because, I don't know, we don't like to give 10s, apparently, according to you, Jeff. No, because how can something be absolutely a perfect 10? Well, 
I mean, you look in the mirror every day, right? Yeah, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, but it's not a perfect ten. <laughs> Here I try to compliment you. <laughs> this figure to me just screams perfection. And it's amazing that it came out towards the beginning of Mattel's run into wrestling figures, specifically the WWF line. They absolutely knocked this one out of the park. Now, I said earlier when we were discussing the Iron Sheik's passing that a few wrestlers have hit me the hardest. And yes, the Macho Man was one of those. Does that weigh in here? Maybe. Because yes, I absolutely love the Macho Man. But looking at it without that, this figure is absolutely perfect. From the packaging, to the accessories, to the sculpt on Macho himself, this figure deserves to headline any figure Hall of Fame. But I'm proud because I got to induct it into our Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame 2023, Jeff. Yeah, I regret giving you that figure for Christmas. I know you do. I know. Every bit of my being regrets it, but hey, you know what? I'm glad you have it to induct it this year. And that's actually a really good figure to be inducted. I know we have a few Macho Mans that are headlining. We've had the Defining Moments, WrestleMania 7. We also had Macho Hasbro. We've had a few Machos in our Hall of Fame, but Macho's had some fantastic figures. Yeah, it's kind of a a short list of guys that there haven't really been a bad figure of. Uh, We talked about Jim the Anvil Nightheart being one. Mm -hmm. And Macho's definitely another. There aren't, now, okay, outside of Toy Biz, (laughs) right? (laughs) There haven't been many bad Macho Mans. This is an example. The Hasbro is an example. The Defining Moments is an example of perfect, in my opinion, perfect Macho Man figures. This one absolutely deserves to headline any figure Hall of Fame. And I'm not just talking wrestling figures, Jeff. I'm talking anybody that would judge action figures could look at this and go, dude, that is Macho King. Very good figure. Just a beautiful figure. I love the outfit that's on him. It's a gold, if I'm not mistaken. It's gold and purple and black. Uh, It's got, so he's wearing purple trunks, purple knee pads, white boots. Yep. The... Yeah, he's wearing like his gold long cutoff vest and it's yep. got the black tassels hanging off of it. Yep. Again, everything about this screams, I need Sensational Sherry next to me or Queen Sherry and a throne. In fact, Mattel, give us a throne accessory. You've given us Harley Race. You've given us Macho Man. Let's get Duggan in his king outfit. They probably can't touch Haku, but a throne accessory would make a great showcase in the Detolf shelf. So fingers crossed that that's coming from Mattel. Absolutely. Man, that's the end of our Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. I'm sad. Every year I look forward to it. It just wraps up so quickly. It really does. But, you know, I, I have to ask myself, it's been a long time since we've got, we've got a Macho King basic, right? But we haven't gotten this look, Macho Man. I'm wondering, do they do this in an Ultimate? Or... Remember how they did the ring carts with Macho and Andre? Yes. I wonder if they do, instead of a ring cart, a throne with this Macho Man. We'll find out at San Diego Comic-Con in a month. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was announced? Oh, dude, everybody would be losing their minds. If they do that in an Ultimate Muda, that might be my favorite San Diego Comic-Con WWE reveal ever. So wait, Muda would be in the the throne that the jobbers were bringing down to the ring? That doesn't make no, sense. No, no. Oh, King no, Mabel. An, an King Mabel. Hmm. 
<laughs> oh yeah, they they made King Mabel, another king you could put on the throne. Exactly, exactly. Yes, no, Muda as an ultimate is a must. Again, if you did Shinsuke as a defining moment for his initial figure, you've got to do Muda as an ultimate. Last year's headliner to the Fully Posable Fig Life 2022 Hall of Fame was the Razor Ramon defining moment where he had the icy title, purple vest, and that beautiful defining moments packaging. Yeah, amazing figure. And again, totally deserving of headlining a Fig Life Hall of Fame class. And Macho King, completely deserving of headlining our 2023 Hall of Fame class. All right, now we've got to figure out our 2024 class. Yes, and I actually got an idea from Tim at a chair shot on Twitter, the okay. host of the Pulling Up a Chair podcast, that I will run by you as soon as we're done recording. Perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely fill a slot with this one. And it's it's one I'm like, dude, yes, that absolutely has to go in. So no spoilers, but yeah, we're gonna already going to have one name tied up for next year. Thank you, Tim. Hopefully we don't forget. No, 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 we're not going to forget this one. Okay, got it. Got yeah, it. This, this figure is absolutely getting a spot in the Hall of Fame. I want to thank all of the people that inducted Aaron, Norm, Brett, slash Steve Fontas. We can't tell the difference. I mean, we'll find out which one it was, but it was uh, Brett. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, thank you. And Drew, thank you. And Scott, thank you for doing the Macho Man. Well, you didn't. Ab- you absolutely. Didn't. Well, you didn't. I didn't do, do the Macho. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you no, didn't. No, I, I inducted him. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And for that, you're welcome. Thank you, guys. You really killed it this year. And Jordan, dude, <laughs> I think you set the standard for the Hall of Shame moving forward. No induction, just a straight roast. I love it. It's a two-minute roast. You got two minutes with entrances. Go. <laughs> Kill it. <laughs> yes. That rounds out the show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. You guys know our podcasting buddies. I'm going to run them over. I'm going to run them over. Holy crap. Run them over. Dude, who are you, Rikishi? Oh, no. That's too soon, Scott. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) It was like 2001. Oh, (laughs) 22 years later is way too soon. Oh, my bad. Uh, (laughs) You guys know Breaker and Bane's Power Hour TB Toycast. Breaker and I are on the TB Toycast, I should say. Rumble Wheel with Daniel Cross and Brian Breaker. PPW Podcast. Brett. Fantas, thank you very much. Chick Foley Show, Wrestling Cheers, RJ with Ringside Rant, Rucker doing Boot to the Face, Tim's pulling up a chair with the Fig Life, Soda and Ethan, great show on the marble in the Marbles Pod. I'm having fun listening to that, as I always do every week. And Scott, what you got for Drunk Wrestling History real quick? Yep, give us a follow at Wrestling underscore Drunk on Twitter. Show that dropped this past week. Gin, thinkin, thinkin. Oh, he's staring off to the left. That mm. means he's deep in thought. Yes, it took me a minute because we recorded a batch of them. Uh, it covers the WrestleFest fiasco in San Francisco in 2007. The event that was supposed to be 40,000 people that was really maybe like three or 400. Yes. It was nuts. We were there. It was bonkers. If you ever heard about it, if you ever wanted to know about it, definitely give it a listen. Because we're drunk, drunk wrestling history, we're not always accurate, but we are always drunk. Yeah, if you guys can, go and listen to that show. Also, do your research on this WrestleFest. It was just a complete and utter debacle from the time it started on Friday to the last match for Ring of Honor on Sunday. It was a complete and utter debacle. It was a huge mess. It was just a mess. So anyways, go check that out on Drunk Wrestling History. And also, if you guys have the time, do a little Google search on WrestleFest in San Francisco in 2007 and also check out our buddies marty and sarah love wrestling scott roll call 
Yep, going to throw it out to Jason Wolf. If you need artwork, if you need custom figures, contact the very tired Jason Wolf. That's W-U-L-F. And I say very tired because that man has been busy. He's been turning out figures, turning out artwork. He is the man. Again, go check out his social media, Jason Wolf, W-U-L-F. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call. He once got burgers in a Busy King bathroom. Yes, he did. That's a fact. Scott, the Enchirito is back, so I take it you're going to go get one? I think so, yeah. I'm taking heartburn medication now, so bring it on, Taco Bell. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) I will eat that whole Enchirito and four more. I've got that frontline defense going on. Yes, I do. No more acid reflux for me. Let's go, Enchirito. For episode 385, anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy. Fig life since 2016, and happy toy hunting. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Hall of Fame episode of 385. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.